Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter number 11. Open your Bible with great expectation to Hebrews chapter number 11. If you're watching online, we are thrilled that you're tuned in to this service. This is a live service. It is October 31st, 2021, and we are thrilled that you're a part of this uh, uh, this broadcast. If you're watching for the first time, send us a message. Let us know it's your first time. We have something for you. Hebrews chapter number 11 starts off like this. Now... Faith is. Somebody say now. now. So faith has a timeline. The timeline of faith is right now. You can't live today on yesterday's faith. You can remember it and testify of it and it can help you overcome, but you cannot live today on yesterday's faith. You cannot live today on tomorrow's faith. Tomorrow's faith is like the diet that we never start. Everybody's going to do it tomorrow. But the devil is a liar. Now, somebody say now. Now Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In other words, faith is our, it is our proof that we use. So if you can't see it, you're going to need faith as your evidence to continue to stand on that promise. If you can see it, that's not faith. If you can see it, that's not faith. Faith is for what you cannot see. For by it, for by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand. Somebody say understand. understand. Now, this is, this is a bit of a dichotomy because it's saying that faith is, is what we have as evidence that is not seen, yet we understand by what is not seen. So we understand that we will not understand optically everything we go through. But we understand that the invisible God is bringing things into the visible realm for you and for me. It's called manifestation. Everybody say manifestation. One of the problems with the the modern church is the modern church... uh, uh, and not anybody in particular, but generally speaking, what we have seen is a dilution of the Word of God, where uh, many prominent voices have taken on the task of trying to trying to really highlight the areas of the Scripture that are not too disruptive. And, and thereby not paying as much attention to the parts of scripture that have the most impact on your life here and now. What we saw is a, a radical, a, a bit of a revival really over the last 40 years of salvations. One of the challenges that we've seen, and I'm speaking of America right now because I don't live anywhere else, but one of the challenges that we've seen is There are many large movements that don't teach much past salvation. So the whole goal is to get saved. 
or to get somebody saved. So the question comes in, once you're saved, now what? So if you're not mentally predisposed to living a disciplined life, how many of you knows that person that like 5.30 in the morning, they're out of bed and it doesn't matter if it's a Saturday. Just wave at me. How many of you, that is you, praise God. We're so proud of you. We're so proud of you that you get up in the middle of the night. What happens is a lot of times people that are, before they become, before they become born again, they were already a, pretty regimented, disciplined person. Then they get born again, so they just apply the regimen and the discipline that they've already been living in. They just tweak it a little bit to try to abstain from most sin. And then they become the measuring sticks for these movements that only teach salvation because this person who has a strong drive and a strong will that was put in them by God, if they can do it, everybody ought to be able to do it. But how many of you know everybody can't slam dunk a basketball? Everybody's different. So for you and for me, the understanding that you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven is true. That you, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven without being born again is true. You must be born again. You must be saved. But salvation is the entry point into a kingdom. It is not the final point on planet earth. So when what is primarily or always taught is salvation then the people that are saved, we tune out for a minute because we're saved. So you need to be saved, 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 you need to be saved. Everybody who's saved is going, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. And it's effectively Easter Sunday every week where it's a salvation message, a salvation message, a salvation message. And then it's presented... Take this little bitty tiny baby step. Instead of listening to uh, secular music all day, listen to Christian music for 1% of your day. And then it is celebrated as if somebody has done a great and mighty thing. When the truth is, the scripture does not talk about minor changes <laughs> at all, really. It says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Become something different. That word transform is, is, is like the word we use for metamorphosis. Change. Become something different. God did not send his son so that we could uh, be the same yet depart and go to heaven. God sent his son to reestablish his kingdom on planet earth. So for you and for me, we have to begin to walk through the understanding that salvation is the entry point to the kingdom. And if the devil can get you so concerned about salvation the rest of your days, you'll never take any ground from him. Because the ground that is taken by our kingdom from his kingdom is only taken by force. And that force is called faith. That means without being able to see it, we believe it. So for you and for me, we have to understand that 
Literally, salvation, though it is radically critical, and if you're not aware of salvation, it is something that you that, that must come into your life. There is no other way into this kingdom. However, it is not the end, it is not the bookend on your life. So so one of the things that's become a challenge in, in the church as I see it, and I'm a bit of an expert on it since I've been in it for 40 years. I've been in it, I've been studying, I've I've, I've I'm, I'm, I'm literally addicted to the things of God. But what happens is there, there, there's, a, there's a, a, a tepid nature that can creep into a church, any church. It could happen to this church. It won't. But it could happen to this church, a tepid nature. Where, oh man, we're full on a Sunday morning. We, we don't need to expand. Anything that's alive grows. And anything that's dead does not. So our church ought to have people in it every single Sunday that were not here last Sunday. Many of which will make a decision to make this their home and then help push the kingdom forward for the rest of their very life. But the only way that happens is you and me bringing people to the house of God. And the only way that happens is if we recognize the responsibility as an individual believer in the body of Christ to help the kingdom expand. Because if you think it is... Uh, uh, the church's staff job to expand the church solely, you are highly misinformed. The church staff, and particularly the ministerial staff's job is to teach and to equip saints, that's believers. Saints is not just dead people that some religion decided were special. Read your Bible. Practically every epistle is written to the saints. Did he think dead people were reading it? Saints is anybody that believes God. Anybody who's called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what happens is uh, uh, ministerial uh, teachers and the fivefold ministry specifically is for the equipping of the saints. That's the people of God for the work of ministry. Because the greatest evangelist on the planet is not, it's probably not a person that calls himself an evangelist. The greatest person on the planet is a free person. Somebody that shares Jesus everywhere they go and don't care what anybody says about it. And if you think, if you think that that day is going to get easier, like I said, I just got back from Seattle. I was there for three or four days. I saw two churches. Two. One I preached in. The other one I just saw it. See, again, I'm not speaking for the place. I'm just tell, I just tell you what I felt when I got there. I felt like it wasn't like people, not, not, not people, but I felt like in the region, it wasn't like people were just like nonchalant about God. I felt like people said, we don't want God here. That's what I felt in my spirit when I was there. So the concept of things getting easier to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not, is not one that we have any evidential proof that that will be the way our future is. So you've got to get very proactive about sharing Jesus because the, the environment that we will share Jesus in, there's a good chance that it will, it will become more hostile, not less hostile. So we've got to be willing to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ at any cost. Somebody say, at any cost. You got to teach your kids now at any cost. You have to teach them at any cost. You have to teach your children very, uh, uh, very different things than you have to, t- than you had to teach 10, 15 years ago. 
You got to say, respect the teacher, respect the principal. But if they say this to you, that teacher is wrong. God bless every teacher. God bless every principal. But if they're teaching something that's contrary to the word, it's not your, it's not their responsibility to set your child's moral compass. It's your responsibility. And if you relinquish that over, it's still your responsibility and you will still answer for it. You can't stick your head in the sand and act like God's not going to ask you about it. So you've got to be bold enough to teach them and then you've got to teach them to be bold. But the only way to do that and have them stand on is you can't be a two-faced liar. You can't act one way when people are around and then act some way around the house when nobody's around and then act like your kids are going to listen to you because your kids will always pick the version of you that has the least responsibility attached to it. So for you and for me, we have to understand that faith is our evidence, it is our substance, and it is actually how we obtain that good report, the scripture says. And then we understand that faith requires the element of the unseen to actually be a possibility. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We're still, we're still recapping last week, by the way. Things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It's a bit of a tongue twister. My brain kind of thinks in King King James now because that's what I've read for 150, 10 million years. But what it's saying is what you see has its origin in the unseen. So, of course, what you see is going to be contrary to what's coming. Because what's coming isn't coming from what you can see. When God said, let there be light, light entered into the seen realm. It had its origin in the unseen. Think about a baby. You don't see a baby for nine months. If everything goes right, it's about nine months. It's nine months of you not seeing it, but you know it's there. Because there are signs of it growing. So when, when you and me begin to understand that everything that comes from God has its origin in the unseen, that gets us, the, that affords us the opportunity to be more comfortable when we don't see the answer coming. So you and me have to settle into the lifestyle of faith that is one that looks at what we see, does not deny a fact, but believes the truth above it. A fact is usually indisputable, but Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You can still believe the truth in spite of the facts that you see. That means if you have a, a, a sickness or a symptom on your body, you can stand and believe the word of God. That by his stripes I am healed. Healed is not something I'm trying to be. Healed is my literal condition. Healed is my identity. I am healed. It's all right. I just don't want to rush through this. I am healed. And I'm fighting off whatever attack may be. Whether it's the common cold or stage four cancer. Each one of these things is subjugated under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Anything that can be named is subordinate to the name of Jesus. 
So my position for warfare is not, oh God, heal me, because Jesus said it is finished before he died on the cross. Therefore, whatever was done is done. So what we need is for what was done to manifest from the unseen realm into the seen realm. So now I'm not trying to get healed as if it is a, uh, a lottery that God heals people. Instead, I am trying to pull from the unseen realm the manifestation of the promise that is afforded to every blood-bought, born-again believer. Because if he said by his stripes were healed, that means the stripes on his back were there to purchase our healing. So if you don't walk in healing or stand and believe God for healing, a portion of his pain was done in vain if you don't believe it. If I give you a credit card and it has a $100,000 limit and I say buy whatever you want whenever you want and you don't ever spend anything on that credit card, you're not honoring me nor are you honoring the price that I'm willing to pay or have paid for you. Somebody gives you a car completely paid for, even decided to pay the taxes for you. And they said, here's the car. It's got a gas card. Put as, put as much uh, fuel in it as you want. You can drive it as much as you want. Anytime you need the oil change, just take it down there. And I'm going to pay for that. Don't worry about it at all. And you never drive the car. You're not honoring the price that was paid to give you the car. Because the car is free to you, but the car was not free. Somebody paid for it. So Jesus paid for our healing. Now, the beautiful thing is, is I can answer a question for you. What happens when people die uh, that get healed? What happens when people die with a sickness still on their body? What does that mean? They were a believer. They were quoting the word. They were believing the word. They were doing all these things. Well, I'll just tell you this. Heaven is not a penalty. Heaven is not a penalty. Matter of fact, we're only here but for a moment. It's a very temporary situation that we're walking through on planet Earth. But, but the Bible says, even in this own chapter, that the heroes of our faith, they, many of them never saw the promises that they were standing on, yet they died in faith. See, a Christian has to decide, if I die and never see it, then I will die having not seen it. But I will not die not believing it. I will die believing it because the word says it. I will pull on heaven. I will quote the word of God. I will stand on the word of God. But I'm not going to let. Here's the here's the, here's what the world does. Okay. First off, we believe in what we can't see. True or false? That's our whole deal. We believe in what we can't see. Yet the world in 2021 is trying to convince you what we can see is not happening. Turn the news on, you know, pick, pick whatever dilemma you want. And there, you know, there'll be a building burning down in the background and it'll be, oh, it's mainly peaceful out here. <laughs> the world is going to try to convince you that what you do see is not happening, but it's going to mock you when you believe what you can't see. So you and me have to be wise to the wiles of the devil. We're going to stand on what God said at all costs, 
at any, at any, at any time, ready at any moment to stand on our faith, to speak the word of God, to decree a thing, to refuse to ever denounce the name of Jesus, to refuse to ever denounce the, the deity of, of Jesus himself, to refuse to ever denounce the fact that the Bible is the living, breathing word of God, to refuse to back off of any of it, no matter how much pressure comes from your job, no matter how much pressure comes from the government, no matter how much pressure comes from your neighbor, no matter how much pressure comes from a family member, I'm telling you, there's a group of people that are rising up today that have been tired of being pushed around, tired of having to listen to all these other ideas and act like our ideas aren't valid. We're just standing on what God wrote. And we're not backing off. And we're not changing when God said he created male and female. I don't care if you pay a doctor to say something about it, say something different. The word of God has established this. I'm not mad at anybody. If you want to dress up like something else, then you dress up like something else. But just because you dress up like something else, that does not change the Bible. And if you do not stand on that and make that very clear in your household, billions and billions and billions of dollars are being spent right now to convince your children that what I just said is hate speech. Billions of dollars are being spent to try to teach people that reading the Bible out loud is hate speech. So you got to teach your children these things from a very fundamental standpoint and refuse to back off on it. Or, and I mean this very respectfully, serve a different God. You don't get to choose what kind of God God is. You have to actually find out what kind of God God is. One of the most distasteful things and disrespectful things you could ever say is, well, here's what God is to me, and then decide that you have this definition of God when God already defined himself. Who else's name do you get to change? Now, consequently, this is what many people are asking people to, to be required to do. To change names. Because the power of what you call a thing, you, you, you missed it. See, the entire world has bought into calling things that are not as if they were, and they've all decided to do it. They want to call him, her, and, and her, him, and everybody's all good with it. But the minute we start speaking faith and decreeing a thing, everybody wants to mock the kingdom of God. Well, I got good Holy Spirit news. There is a sound coming like a rushing mighty wind, and the mocking is going to stop. Because the power of Almighty God is not something you can mess with indefinitely. Sooner or later, God says, that's it. The windows of heaven are open. My people are in a boat. Everybody else, y'all figure it out. You didn't need me? Fine. See how you do without me. This is what God's going to do. I'm just quoting the Bible. Of course, I'm putting my East Texas dialect on it. That's four. Who heard me say it the first time? I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that. They're calling things that are not as if they were, and the whole world's going, how brave are they? We call things that are not and go, oh, they're just, they're just, they're just in denial. You're correct. I am in complete denial of the world system. 
I don't trust the financial system. Come on, I don't trust the commerce system. I don't trust the media system. I love doctors, but I'm having trouble trusting the medical system. When everything is tied to financial increase, how can you trust that? When, when, when one, one idea is mocked and another one is championed with no data? Call me a skeptic. If you do not believe that a baby is a baby in a woman's belly, you have no medical sense with me. None. That ought to be the filter. Do you believe a baby is a baby? That ought to be the filter. Matter of fact, that ought to be how it goes when you go see a doctor. Do you believe a baby is a baby? Okay, great. We can talk. (laughs) I went to Florida. I love Florida. I love Florida. I love Florida. It's one of my favorite places to go. I have great food. I just love it. We were walking on the beach and there's sea turtle eggs everywhere. Sea turtle nests. It's a crime and they will throw you in jail if you break a sea turtle egg. A sea turtle. They also tell us that there's very few sea turtles left. Florida's not the only place I've been. I've been pretty much all over this globe. I've swam with thousands of sea turtles at one time. I'm not telling you there's not a shortness of sea turtles, maybe in an area or something like that. But if a man can go to prison for stepping on an egg, but can get, but, but, but a person can get rewarded for terminating the life of a baby in a mother's womb, this world is upside down and somebody's got to just declare it. Because if we don't, if we don't, I'm telling your kids, when I say billions of dollars, I'm talking about every television show, every cartoon. When you were a kid, the worst thing you'd see is Roadrunner have an anvil fall on his head. No, Coyote, he'd miss. That's the worst thing you'd see. You'd see see a, a cat slap a mouse or a mouse slap a cat. That was it. But you didn't see young children being exposed to things that they are not spiritually, mentally, or emotionally ready to handle. All for the name of progress. Just a little research. Just a little research, you'd find out some of the biggest names in pop culture, you know, they didn't just wake up one day and they were talented. They got found at five or six years old and they said, this is the one we're going to make right here. And now many of them are having radical mental breakdowns. Some have been, some have committed suicide because they're just, they, they have all the, all the, the goals that they wanted to hit. They hit them, but they were just pawns controlled by the system. 
that puts them in place and puts them in this. And all of a sudden, now you have an entire age bracket of people that will just follow this person wherever they go. Starts on the Mickey Mouse Club. Then we're going to give them an album. Then we're going to give them a movie. Then we're going to do this. And now we're going to make them super duper important. We're going to put them on planes and start telling everybody, everybody needs to listen to these people. Start letting them do speeches. All the while, all they did was stand in front of a camera and say something that somebody else wrote. I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize their effort or even their talent. I'm just saying it didn't start there. It started whenever they took them and said, I'm going to take this one and that's what we're going to do with it. So you've got to be very wise. You've got to be very wise in faith and understand that, that, that faith allows us to understand and it is the way that we do understand, which is again, a bit of a, a, of a tension because, because now you're believing in something that you can't see and you're already willing to admit it. So don't get backed in a corner when somebody says, well, how do you even believe that? You say by faith. Well, I don't understand it. You say me either. (laughs) Well, then how do you understand it? By faith. Well, how do you know you're different? He changed me. What do you mean? Well, I'm born again. Well, how do you know? Did you enter into your mother's womb? Have you been reading the Bible? (laughs) This this is the shift that's coming to the body of Christ. This is the shift. All right, I'm going to skip all the way down because I've taken all my time talking about East Texas. Fifteen. This is talking about, this is talking about living by faith and how you stay in faith. Truly, or in fact, it's talking about some of our heroes. It says, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. Somebody say mindful. Whatever your mind is full of is the direction you will go. He said, if they had been mindful of what they left, it would have given them opportunity to turn back. See, being saved is critical. You have to be born again to enter into this kingdom. But after that, you've got to stop filling your mind with what you left and fill it with what you are a part of and where you are going. If the best thing you can do is talk about how crazy you used to be and how you used to drink all the time and all this other stuff. You tell that the wrong way, it'll sound like you're glorifying the life before Jesus more than you're glorifying the life after you met Jesus. Because your mind is filled. That word mindful in the original language says to remember, to call to to mind, to call to remembrance, to think of or feel for a thing, or listen to this, or to make mention of it. If you're born again, listen, it's time to be transformed. You got to set the world's stuff aside. The Bible says you, you can't drink the cup of devils. It says to abstain or don't give place to the devil in any area. You can't can't live the Christ-centered life and dance with the devil. And now, now, the demonic realm oftentimes looks very demonic. It is easy to point out. But sometimes it does not. So you got to get wise. You got to be able to pay attention with with. 
not just your natural mind, but your supernatural understanding so that you can stand in the moment when the enemy is trying to take you out or try to take out a family member. Because this faith, this faith life is one that is very serious and very relevant to today. But at the exact same time, whatever your mind is full of, that's the direction you're heading. So how do you empty your mind? Well, the Bible says it like this. To have your mind renewed. The Bible says by the washing of the water of the word of God. It's hard to empty your mind. You just have to fill it with something else. If you're having trouble stopping a thought that's plaguing you, the game is not to stop the thought. The, the, the game is to start a new thought. You can't. It's real hard to stop thinking about something. You just start thinking about something else. You say, well, how do you do that? My mind's running things. Your mind works for you. You're a spirit and you have a mind. So you can tell your mind what to do. You can tell your mind what to think on. But you can't live in the kingdom and have your mind full of your past or have your mind full of the world's philosophies and tactics and maximize your time on planet earth for the kingdom of God. There's going to have to be a setting aside. This church, that's what we really attempt to do. To love people and to point them to Christ. And we do that by staying mindful of our calling. Mindful of the fact that we really were purchased. It's not something we just talk about on Sunday mornings. This is something that we be about all week long. So when you when you press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ, you have to understand there will be plenty of opportunities for you to not do a thing. There'll be plenty of opportunities for your mind to wander back. Sometimes I like to I like to talk to my thoughts because it's real hard to think about something else when you're talking about something. So I tell my thoughts, that's not from me. I'm not even I'm not tolerating that for a minute. I cast down that vain imagination and any thought that exalts itself against or above the knowledge of God. And now you begin to move in a different realm. Because where we're going, church, there's going to be a lot of experience with the power of God. And it's real easy to get weird when His power shows up like that. So we have to be firmly rooted in the Word. Matter of fact, I'm not scared of weird. It's just got to be in order. I'm not scared of anything, to be honest with you. But at the same time, we're going to do our best to know the Word of God. And not just be reactionary in the flesh. But if we don't teach our children these things that the world is teaching contrary, we'll wake up. We'll wake up one day and our kids will be saying, yeah, but but that doesn't make sense because they told me this, this, and this. And and Dora the Explorer did this, this, and this. And I don't know anything about Dora the Explorer, to be honest. We just remember that name from when my kids were little. Any and all of it. If they did this, they did that. Well, look, we got to figure out how to keep our mind full of what God said. I'm out of time. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. 
One translation says, comes by hearing and hearing the preached word of God. Faith preached. The word preached brings faith into your life. Faith comes by hearing. If faith comes by hearing, how do you think doubt comes? But it's not by hearing the word preached. It comes by hearing everything else. So when 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 your kids, when you, and, and it, you're not immune, I'm not immune, when you spend all day and it's Fox News or CNN or pick pick whatever poison you want, when it's all this all day, and can you believe Biden did this? And can you believe Trump did this? And can you believe so-and-so did this? And can you believe so-and-so did this? Listen, you're sitting there getting involved in the fodder of the world. I hope God uses every leader that ever gets put in a place. And believe me, I have opinions on them. But I know that God's word never returns void. So for me to come up here and teach you a political system that is run by man is guaranteed to fail. But if you can get the word of God on the inside of you and get your mind full, not being mindful of what you left, but have your mind full of this kingdom philosophy. Look, they can put a Democrat in there. They can put a donkey in there. They can put an elephant in there. They can put anybody in there. You and me serve the lamb. It's a shift. We still cast our vote. We still have our opinion. I think Christians ought to be in the public square, particularly if that's what you're called to do. But at the end of it, don't you be spending the rest of your life bickering. You're talking about a world that you're not even supposed to be of. You're here and you should make an impact. But if you haven't gotten your whole street saved or at least given them the opportunity to be born again, maybe you shouldn't worry about the congressman in southeast Ohio. Which is what the news wants you to pay attention to. Can you believe some city congress, some city councilman in northeast Maine said this? What does that have to do with the price of tea in College Station, Texas? When we've got opportunity after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to actually impact a life. You want to change government? You change people. You want to change the government? You change people. You want to change the nation? You change people. You don't change the people by changing the nation. People hate government. On almost every side. The only people that like government are the people who have their particular persuasion in government at that time. And then they're like, government, government, government. We love it. And as soon as it's not their people, they're like, oh, I hate it. Oh my God, we need to change everything. This is a carousel. It's been going and going and going and going and going. And it's not going to stop. That's why you and me have to recognize we live in a republic and a democracy, but we are actually of a kingdom. So now we walk different. We talk different. We act different. Well, what if they raise taxes? I'll pay them. What? It'll cost you an arm and a leg. Well, praise the Lord. He supplies my needs according to His riches and glory. And the minute they raise taxes, that sounds like a need to me. So God's going to supply it according to His riches and glory. How do you defend against it? I tithe and offer. He's going to rebuke the devourer. He's going to open the windows of heaven over my life. My harvest is going to come in at the right time. Everything's going to work out the way God intended for them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. But if you don't, stay, if you don't hold that line, I don't have the answer for you. 
I can't give you a tactic that outruns the devil. You're going to have to have some power in your life. And you're going to have to have some faith that stands on the word of God. Even if you're thrown in a fiery furnace or a lion's den. This is what our Bible's filled with. Our Bible is filled with people that says, I'm not backing up. Well, we're going to kill you. Then try to kill me. I'm going where Jesus goes. This is the kingdom. It's worth your life. It's worth your time. Respectfully, it's worth your investment. It's worth your money. It's worth your resources. It's worth your talent. It's worth whatever struggle. Because when he carried that cross up that rock hill in the Middle East, he was thinking about you. You should have been nailed to it. You earned that. I earned that. And he took it. And all the while, even the people that were alive in that day and age, he said, Dad, forgive these people. They don't, they don't know what they're doing. You and me were on his mind. So to get saved and then just go back to life, I don't see it in the Bible. Get saved and we'll give you the 15 little micro steps. And in 25 years, you'll have memorized a scripture. You memorized three songs this week. You can quote every word from your favorite movie. At what point do we take this so serious that we refuse to let people live in our circle without knowing the goodness of our God? Close your eyes, please. That's his presence. Just a few moments with him before we leave. Thank you for your wonderful presence here, Lord. We recommit and reaffirm ourselves to you. We declare that we've been branded and blood-bought. We decree that we are vessels carrying your Holy Spirit. by faith reject the world's philosophy of who you are but rather seek the truth of your word to find out who you are I rebuke every lying spirit off of any person connected with this church I I rebuke any spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus I rebuke the spirit of poverty in the name of Jesus. I I rebuke the spirit of confusion in the name of Jesus. And we decree and declare that we seek you and seek you first. 
your kingdom, your power, and your glory. Your hope, your righteousness, your justice. Now I'm asking, Lord God, that for every person here and every person watching this stream, that you would baptize us in a spirit of boldness. Baptize us in a spirit of boldness to do your will, to show your love, real love, to show your power, to show your kingdom. And I decree, Lord God, a season of an open heaven over this church miracle debt cancellations miraculous healing manifested manifestations thank you Lord great family reunions in this season where fences are torn down between family members and hope is rebuilt I thank you for it. I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Can you give God a hand of praise this morning? Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.